What is up, everybody? It is Monday, and you know what that means. It is Fight Talk podcast time. We're talking some Bellator MMA today. I know you know that we know that you know what we're going to talk about, and we're going to hit that hard. We got some pay-per-view talk. We got some previews coming for uh, Fight Night this weekend. Big-time show on a, on a really, I'll be honest with you, Steven Jensen, it's it's just a gross day down here in Tennessee. We got ice. We got a little bit of snow. So I'm pretty fired up to be uh, just chilling, talking some MMA with you, bro. How was how was the weekend? Yeah, the weekend was really good. Watched a lot of wrestling and fighting and all that good stuff. So that's always good. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Didn't uh, didn't celebrate. Did not celebrate Valentine's Day yesterday. But it was my stepmother's birthday earlier in the week. So we did uh, like a whole family. Uh, get together and eat some prime rib and that was really good so yeah it was a good it was a good day yesterday and uh and yeah just chilling for those of you who are listening to this me and mo's probably talked for a solid like hour and a half or so before before this so it's always funny doing like these intros because we're like yeah how was the weekend we just talked about like (laughs) we, 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 we record the greatest independent wrestling podcasts of all time before we talk about MMA and nobody ever gets to hear those <laughs> podcasts um, because we would both get completely yeah. blackballed from yeah. ever Seriously. being a part of anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's been a good day, man. Um, how, how was your weekend? Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but I commentated a couple wrestling shows this past Friday. Um, Did they happen to be action it, wrestling in Tyrone, it, Georgia? facts you so you heard okay cool sweet i we weren't able to talk about this earlier it's good to good to know um yeah uh, first or excuse me second second show i've ever done live for iwtv uh it's a different you know different vibe when you're when the red light's on the quote old mancer so that was exciting i got to uh, got to do it with old dylan hells who is always makes it easy uh, and i thought you know what it's all about the wrestlers man that was a couple of banging shows we got some really good main events uh I would dare I say two of the best shows I've had the privilege to call so far. Hell yeah, man. They were two of the best action wrestling shows that I've ever seen. And I keep up Mm. with the product and they were back to back. And for those of you who haven't watched it, I guess we shouldn't give any spoilers because it is right. Right. It's on, it's on IWTV right now. Check it out. Independent wrestling.tv. I'll give you that free plug ski there. Um, Also part of Pluto TV, which we love. We love Pluto TV. Me and Moe's really, really, really love Pluto TV. Y'all should check out. Um, they have a, a lot of IWTV content over there now, too, which is awesome. No, yeah, definitely shout out Pluto. Uh, I, you watch Degrassi. I watch old reality TV. Sure. They're, that, that is a app that is respected in both these houses. So, yeah, get, get that in. Download that shit. Watch. I think I'm, I don't know if I'm on there yet. I know some of my commentary will be. So that's pretty pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Um But we're here to discuss a couple of UFC cards. But first, the big news, man. And and shout out Bellator, because so often Bellator, even when they have big news, fucking Dana comes out and just despite them, will drop some craziness. Doesn't happen this weekend. The biggest news that we were not able to talk about last week, because it hadn't happened yet, Bellator MMA bringing out a light heavyweight World Grand Prix it kicks off April 9th. Uh, on April 16th, a week later, will be the second half of the first round, if you will. The uh, semifinals are July, and then hopefully everything goes well. 
October, we will have the winner of this Grand Prix. Uh, quickly, Stephen, I know we're going to do a deep dive. I'm just going to rattle off who's all in it. We've got Ryan Bader, Leota Machida, Corey Anderson, uh, this crazy fucking name, Dabla, <laughs> Yog Shimuradov. Dude, that guy sounds fucking tough as nails. Yog Shimuradov, I think, I think, but I, I could be wrong as well. But that's a, it's a mouthful. That's a difficult one. I'm going to have to, I need to know his nickname, and I bet it's super tough. Um, Vadim Nemkov, Phil Davis, Rumble Johnson, and Yoel Romero complete out this uh, this tournament, man. Uh, we both were excited about it when we first heard, uh, looking at who's all in it. Um, what are your What were your initial thoughts, I guess, when you got to kind of take it all in? I like the tournament. I like who's involved here. I think they were really smart to put Rumble Johnson and Yoel Romero in the first round. Although that's a fight that, you know, could have potentially been like at the finals. They're two of the best guys, but Bellator is sm- I talked about this with my buddy Doug um, on his YouTube channel. It's called Hit You With The Real with the, the letter U if you want to check it out. And uh, we were talking about, <coughs> excuse me, about how when Scott Coker ran Bellator, or sorry, ran Strike Force. And he had that opportunity to do Overeem versus Fedor. And they did the whole tournament. And like by the end of it, you know, Fedor had lost to Bigfoot and Alistair Overeem went to the UFC and Daniel Cormier won the whole thing. And he was an alternate. And like, you know, now it's like, okay, you're guaranteeing us Anthony Johnson versus Yoel Romero right off the bat. Like we're getting that fight. That's smart to do. I like that we're getting that. Um, One thing I'm a little confused about and I, I'm not blaming anybody. It could have been, you know, both sides weren't interested, or I don't know exactly why. But um, Yagshur Madov, I'm gonna mess that up so many times throughout this. Um, he's a guy who never, he has never fought in the in Bellator. That's why I'm unfamiliar with him. I had to look him up, see kind of what he's done. He's on like an eight fight win streak. He looks impressive, but he's never fought in Bellator. And I'm surprised that he's in this tournament, but Gegard Mousasi isn't because Mousasi has been really dominant at 185. And I've heard that he's that he was interested in moving up to 205 for a tournament like this. So I don't know why that didn't happen, but I would have liked to see Mousasi in this. Otherwise, I think it's a I mean, I think it's a really great tournament from from top to bottom. Yeah, no, I had the exact same thought. I I text uh, a mutual friend of ours and was just like. You know, this is very exciting. I mean, I, hey, uh, our age, man, you know, we, we were blessed to see some of the fucking wildest Grand Prix, thanks to Pride. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's kind of that feeling, again, of, of uh, you know, being a kid and, you know, just the, that, man, like, I don't know, just that, that excitement of a tournament. I mean, if you're not a big sports fan, I guess it's hard to explain, but um, there's just nothing quite like, you know, just seeing – kind of this whole story out in front of you and we get to see where we're going. And, uh, and it brought back that feeling, but I totally agree about the, uh, about Gegard. That was one glaring hole that I was like, if you, you know, if he's in this tournament, I, I'm definitely a little, I guess maybe a little more interested um, because I just, uh, you know, I've seen so much of that guy fight, but um, from what we've got, these are definitely some interesting matchups. Uh, it's, it, I don't see anyone that's just said, Hey, you know, this is your guaranteed winner. I know a lot of people are saying maybe who comes out of that Rumble Yol fight might be a uh, a favorite. But again, when we're talking about you know the fight game, April to July, uh, that's not that long. I mean, you know, during COVID, we were seeing people fight 
uh, last year, uh, you know, it's felt like every couple of weeks, but we're, you know, a, a couple of months, two, three, four months, um, that's not a ton of time in, in the fight game to, to bounce back, especially if we, you know, you're in a banger, just all out war. Uh, it's another one of those things that make this so interesting. Yeah. And I know they're going to have, I think they're, they have at least two alternate fights that I don't yeah, think they have to, right? Yeah, I don't think they've announced those yet, but there's going to be, I think, at least four more people that could potentially be in this tournament if somebody isn't able to continue. Like, that's one of the things, because I, I actually really enjoy the PFL. I think they, they're, yeah, like, really same. underrated. And <clears throat> they don't have, like, the best talent in the world all the time, but I like the format. And they do have some really great fighters over there, but... What I like so much about it, but what also is why you don't see it is and anywhere else really is I like that they do the multiple fights in a night thing still. Like, I think that's mm -hmm. really awesome. But the problem now is I shouldn't say problem, but like back in the day, for instance, when they had one night UFC tournaments and that kind of stuff, that was so Wild West back then that like I highly doubt like I bet you could have went in there had you know you win your fight but you have like multiple concussions maybe it's like broken bones here or there i bet you like no one's really stopping you from fighting in the next round you know like yeah, back, no, back right. you know back in the day like it was it was just a different time now you know and, and i'm not saying that's better because you know now all these these it's it's better for the athlete what's happening now for sure but when you look at something like pfl for instance a lot of the time because they're supposed to fight multiple times in a night, it's pretty, <coughs> it's, it's pretty often that you see um, the alternate get into the card. Cause like, it's really hard yeah. for everybody to, to keep. So it's one of those things too, where it's like, you know, the three months apart is a good, I think it, I think it's going to work for this, but like part of me would really like to see like a one night tournament. I think that'd be awesome. And then on the other side, like, yeah, who know? Who knows? I mean, so much can happen between now and uh, or April and October, man. I mean, like you said, like back in the day, like all just, just all the crazy stuff that would happen between people having to pull out and all this other stuff happening, and you know, who knows what's who knows who who will be in there come you know October for that for these finals. But um, there's a lot of great talent in this in this tournament, though. It's it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, either way. And what, of course, uh, Bellator and Showtime. We see the Showtime logo on uh, on one of the, fl uh, the the hype graphics, if you will, of the tournament. So you know that they're all hoping to, to 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 pop a number, if you will, to draw with this. And I think there will be some excitement, no doubt, no matter who's in there. But um, with the matchups we have, like you know, again, the the two that really jump off the page for uh, definitely for UFC diehards of years and years are you know, Bader Machida. And then, of course, Rumble and uh, Romero, that's a fight that when it came out that, you know, both Yol and Rumble were in belts where everyone wanted this fight. So we're getting that, hopefully. Uh, that'll be April 16th. And then, of course, Bader Machida, uh, April 9th in these first rounds. Um, so, uh, again, th there's plenty of potential there to, to draw in this crowd. And, and I think having those two sizable matchups for UFC fans, you're, you're going to, again, you're hoping to bring in uh, that bigger audience that the, that just happens to be with the UFC right now. Uh, of those two matchups, which one kind of are you more fired up for? 
uh, by far the one I'm most fired up for of this whole tournament is Anthony Johnson yeah. versus Yola Romero had to, for sure. I had to ask, but I, I mean, it's you know, it's we it's just we want it. There's no other way to say it. Everyone wants this fight. Yeah, well, and, and also like Bader knocked out, or sorry, Machida knocked out Bader like back. Back, back, like, but it was like ten years ago. So I mean, a lot has changed since then. But it's a matchup we saw in the UFC, but a really long time ago. It, it's still interesting. Like I like seeing this matchup in the tournament, but. What's what's so interesting about this tournament is is the stylistic matchups in mm-hmm. all these, because, like, for instance, if Bader was on the same side as Nemkov, because Nemkov just knocked out Bader to win the title. Exactly. And another, and another thing I like about Bellator's tournaments is that the champion defends the title throughout the tournament. So that's an important point. Yeah, the the first fight Nemkov's in there with. I mean, Phil Davis could be the new champion heading into his second round fight in July. Exactly. Um, but it's one of those things where like just for I know we're gonna go match by match, but like this is why it's so important stylistically is like if Bader was to fight Nemkov in the first round, I'd have I'd pick Nemkov to move on. But I'm gonna have Ryan Bader overly on Machida because I think Bader's wrestling is gonna even though Machida has that knockout over him years ago, I think Bader's wrestling is gonna make the difference in this fight and I, I so you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. I, I I could by the end of this I could potentially have Bader in the finals or even winning this thing because we're gonna we're gonna break this down but if he was fighting Nemkov in the first round I don't think he makes it to the second round like so that's it's really important how all this placement worked out the placement yeah <laughs> Styles makes make fights excuse me but yeah you we keep hinting at it you uh, will just lean right in, bro. Um, this first fight, so you you're leaning uh, Bador over Machida. The rematch that was one that I got to say I had a, a fan, an MMA fan, um, who I see at wrestling shows uh, pretty often that actually hit me up and said, you know, do you think um, Bader gets revenge? So this is again one of those that um, you know the, the story's there, so there will be eyes on it. But you're uh, you're leaning Bader in the uh, rematch. Yeah, I'm leaning Bader. Like, I think Machida still has the potential to knock him out. I think Machida's still a good fighter. He's just kind of more... Like, both of these guys, I think, are... Like, they're not in their prime anymore, but they're not, like, ridiculously outside of it either. Like, I think right. even even though Machida's been around as long as he has, like, he's still a good fighter. Um, and I think he's capable of beating Bader. But I really, I really think that Bader is going to be smart about this, especially coming off that Nemkov loss, because... You know, and that's another interesting wrinkle in this tournament is Scott Coker has said that depending on how far Bader gets in this tournament, they might have to have him vacate the heavyweight title. So it, it, that's a little interesting story there, too, is like Bader is the current heavyweight champion. Uh, he was the double champ. He's coming off this loss to Nemkov. Um, I think he really wants to win this tournament. Um, so I I think he's going to be smart about this fight. And I think he's going to just use his superior grappling uh, to probably get a decision or maybe even ground and pound um, victory on Machida is my, uh, is my prediction. What about you? No, you took the words out of my mouth. I think Bader, he's a little younger. He's a little uh, hungrier. Not saying Leonardo Machida isn't. I know. Uh, I mean, that guy, he has a legacy. I'm not saying Ryan Bader doesn't, but this is definitely Bellator for Ryan Bader. Uh, he wants to be looked back as one of the most dominant dudes that, that you know, was successful at both promotions. So uh, because of all that, I'm with you. I think Bader, and you keep mentioning the wrestling, uh, the the loss just last year, uh, the, the loss to Nimkov. I think that's one of those stories we keep talking about that we could very well see 
you know, a, that, the rematch maybe in October for the for the title again and for, for the Grand Prix, for everything. Um, and I think Bader will be able to at least keep that scoring going into uh, July after this first fight. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. And just for anyone listening right now, um, you may hear like heavy rain. It's it's storming pretty good over here where I'm at. So we're, me and Moe's both have some really bad weather today. So if you're hearing a little bit of rain, that's all that is. I'll do my best to kind of, you know, edit it out of the background the best I can. But uh, thanks for bearing with us if it's uh, if you hear that rain in the background. <clears throat> it's gross down here right now, man. The South's getting smacked. Mm-hmm. But uh, but let's move on. So we, we both are in agreement with Bader. What about what about this fight, Corey Anderson, um, Yagshimoradov? I apologize, that guy's gonna beat my ass if he ever hears me pronounce <laughs> this name this bad. Um, Anderson made his what his Bellator debut, beat Melvin Manhoff uh, in the second round at Bellator two fifty one, and then as you mentioned earlier, uh, Yagshimoradov making his Bellator debut in this Grand Prix. Exactly. I just don't know enough about Anderson's opponent to it would be unrealistic for me to pick against Anderson like and Anderson is coming off that win over Manhoof at TKO. For those of you who don't know Manhoof, like he had a long, you know, he had a long like kickboxing career outside of MMA. Like he, he did both for years, but he was like he was this guy who's always had these really, you know, heavy hands and it's a. Uh, it's still pretty impressive to see him go out there and, and the way that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the way that um, Corey Anderson was able to handle him was really impressive. So like Corey Anderson, you know, coming off that win and then uh, his opponent, like, like we were mentioning, he's on a win streak. I think it was eight in a row. And, but once again, different level of competitions about to come at him. Uh, he's never fought in Bellator before, never fought in the UFC, you know, nothing like that. So, uh, so, yeah, I, I think he's up for a really big test, and I think Corey Anderson is just going to be the superior fighter. And whether it's uh, Anderson's wrestling, which is solid, or his uh, his striking, which is also solid, I think that uh, he gets the job done and moves on. Once again, I just uh, took the words out of my mouth. I know more about Corey Anderson. I was uh, very impressed with that win um, against Melvin. Uh, yeah, not much more to add, man. We We both agree, at least – Initial reaction, Bader versus Anderson in the second round on this half. Before we pick that one, let's dip over to the second half. And, and yeah, Nemkov making his first title defense against Phil Davis, April 16th. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? I got I to gotta go with Nemkov. He's looked really, really good. Um, I mean, the way he took out Bader was really impressive. Uh, Phil Davis is still a good fighter. I think his key to success is going to be the grappling here, but the way I kind of look at it is, you know, I think that Bader's a better grappler than Phil Davis is. And for Davis, I mean, they're, they're both very good grapplers, but I, I just don't, it's one of those things like I, if Bader couldn't do it against Nemkov, I don't think that Nemkov's going to have, I, I think at this point in their careers, Ryan Bader's a better fighter than Phil Davis. Okay. Uh, I guess I was kind of put it that way. No, that's fair. And the way that Nemkov and how impressive Nemkov was against Bader, I, there's no reason for me to th- to think that he can't beat Phil Davis. Um, Phil Davis, great, great fighter. You know, he's been around a long time. Uh, very good fighter. And it's just one of those things. I just think Nemkov is just better. And he's he's just, uh, you know, he's just looked really good. And I he's the champion. He's champion for a reason. He earned that belt. And that's kind of what I'm going with over Phil Davis. 
No, again, uh, we're just same uh, same book, same page, bro. This one, um, Nemkov. I, I thought he looked really good against Bader. I thought Bader was going to win that fight when they, uh, they they last scrapped. So because of that, I'm just I'm not going to pick against the guy right now. I think he can go in there and he can beat Phil Davis, um, just like he beat that. Uh, to you, your point, you said it before. I could uh, a better Ryan Bader. No offense. So yeah, uh, uh, three for three for us. What about the big one now? This is Rumble. Yo Romero, all eyes will definitely be on this one. Yeah, I want to get your prediction first on this one. What do you think you is going to happen here? I'm going to go with Rumble um, because I think I think he's going to be able to do what Rumble does, right? We know Rumble connects. He can put you down. Um, I, I just Maybe it's a little biased in me of being a fan of Anthony like I am, but I think he comes in makes a big debut. That said, though, you know, nothing against Yo Romero. This guy could absolutely win this, and I would not be shocked if he did. I, I'm just, I think, I'm going to go Rumble. I'm going Rumble. Yeah, I'm going Rumble also. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that Yoel Romero needs to show up and fight like the guy who fought Robert Whitaker twice and the guy mm-hmm. who, you know, fought Chris Weidman. You know, like, he I, he can't be in there just circling around kind of like, or, or even his fight with Paulo Costa was incredible. That was one of my favorite fights in recent memory. Mm-hmm. But, um, but then the, like, it also sticks out, you know, his performance against, you know, Adesanya and, and stuff right. like that, where it's like, thank God we we're not getting Yoel Romero versus, you know, Phil Davis or Yoel Romero versus Ryan Bader for, you know what I mean? Like, I'm glad they're putting him in there against rumble because I think it almost forces, it almost forces this not to be a boring fight, unless unless Anthony Johnson has ring rust, which we're not going to know. Right. You know. You know that that's the big X factor here for me. Like if this fight was happening, you know, a few years ago when Anthony Johnson was still active and Yo Romero was, you know, a top contender at middleweight and and Anthony Johnson was a top contender at light heavyweight, I, I definitely would have taken Anthony Johnson in in those days. But it's it's hard to know because we haven't seen Johnson fight in so long. So that's that's the only hesitance I have with him. But the one thing that is important to remember is your knockout power isn't going to just disappear if you're Anthony Johnson. So if he can still connect the way he used to be able to connect with his power, he's going to be a problem for everybody, no matter if it's now or three years ago. So um, I think I think he knocks out Neil Romero. I think he needs to come back and make a big statement of like rem- reminding everybody why he is as big of a deal exactly like when he left the ufc you know he was he was so he he was at a level with the ufc where like he was getting multiple title shots he was knocking out everybody but the champion basically at one point um you know the stuff in the way he was knocking people out they were just going out cold you know you know we can always talk about you know how crazy it was that he was cutting weight to like 170 at one point and going from 170 to 185 and missing weight there and then going all the way up to heavyweight and beating Andre Orlovsky outside the UFC and all this crazy stuff he did. But if you're, if I, I got to go with Anthony Johnson, like if that knockout power is still there, if he doesn't, that's going to be the big thing too, is if, if Yoel can gas out Anthony Johnson, then that's a totally different fight. Um, Yes. Yoel, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Yoel could very well go to his grappling if Johnson can't connect. And it's going to be a long fight for Anthony Johnson, similar to when Anthony Johnson fought uh, Daniel Cormier both times. No, I, it sums it up great. I think that's the biggest question for Yoel. We know he can win this fight. It's just, 
uh, man, Rumble lands one. I mean, that's that's it could very well be it. Uh, I'm very excited for this one. Let's actually just stay on this half. So July, we both at least agree for now. <laughs> um, assuming everything goes best it can be, no injuries, no nothing, we think we're going to get Nimkov defending his title again against Anthony Rumble Johnson with the winner being champion, of course, and uh, moving on to the finals. Yeah, and I think Anthony Johnson knocks him out also. Hell dude, I'm, yeah, I'm, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm riding this Anthony Johnson train pretty hard. Like, I'm a big fan of his. Like, I, And he's always had the potential to be a champion. It's a real shame we never got to see him and John Jones when they were supposed to fight and, and all that stuff. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm basically assuming we we're getting basically the Rumble Johnson that, that left a few years back. And if we are, I think he has the skill set to beat a guy like Nemkov. I think he can knock out, I think he knock out a lot of people, um, and I think Nemkov is one because I think Nemkov is going to want to stand with him. And uh, you know, it's a risky move if you're anybody to just stand and trade with Anthony Johnson, and that's that's what I think would happen. So I'm going to go with Anthony Johnson. What about you? That's the question for me. If Nemkov, uh, if he thinks he can stand and and really want to make a statement with rumble i respect it but i don't think it's wise if if rumble johnson uh i would pick rumble probably over phil or nimkov at this point uh, again you great point there's a big unknown of how he looks in this first fight in there with the old but uh just taking it as uh, as is i'm gonna say rumble with you on to the final um on the other side we've got Corey anderson ryan bader who do you think uh, who do you think squares off in that final fight Man, and see, this is why it's these matchups are so important because I have Ryan Bader beating Corey Anderson. So you know, I think Anderson. I think they both match up very well against each other. They're both very similar fighters, but Bader has a bit more of like the, um, how do you say it? He's they were both around the same level in the UFC, but since leaving the UFC, Ryan Bader has. He's been he's had like the lights shine brighter on brighter on him uh, in more recent years. Him fighting guys like Fedor and being right. the the double champ and all that stuff. Like, and I just think he's just been been fighting at a, just a different level. Corey Anderson in the UFC, he did some really impressive stuff, um, especially when he knocked out. Um, was it a uh, was it um, Johnny Walker that he knocked out? Like. A couple fight that stopped the Walker hype train pretty hard, right? Like that was really impressive. That was pretty recent stuff like that. And and Anderson's always been a good fighter, but he's always just been right outside of like it's all he's always he's it's it's almost a position that like Michael Bisbing was in for like the, the his whole career until he won the title. Like Corey Anderson's in this spot where like he gets to the number one contender fight and then loses and then and has loses. to work back yeah. up and then, and then does it and then loses there again. And, you know, it's just, so he's always just one step away and Bader has over. Now, once again, we're talking UFC versus Bellator, different competition, but Bell, but Bader has proven in Bellator that he can rise to the occasion with what he's done up to this point in his career. Uh, I'm going to say that he gets the job done and moves on to the finals over Corey Anderson. Yeah, I've just always thought Bader was a little better than Corey Anderson. I don't, I don't think it changes on if you know on that night in the cage. I think I would be excited for Corey in that spot of being, hey, you know, if no matter what happens on the other side, there's going to be a champion um, in this fight. So that that's a huge opportunity. But yeah, I just I'm with Bader. Um, so we both agree. Final matchup: Rumble Johnson, Ryan Bader would be a rematch 
from January of 2016, a fight that Anthony won in 86 seconds by a knockout. Um, I, I I think Ryan, my prediction is actually going to be Ryan Bader because he's been in there. He knows the power. I think Bader tries to wrestle and, and is watching all the Daniel Cormier fucking video he can going into that fight. Yeah, so you're going Bader in the finals. Um, I, 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 my heart says Rumble by knockout, but my brain, yeah, I'm going to say Bader by decision thanks to wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good prediction. I think that's a smart choice. And it'd be, it'd be a, you know, a big kind of a chance for redemption for yes. Ryan Bader. Because he got knocked out in the first round when they fought, like, a minute into the fight. So, um, but yeah, I'm going Anthony Johnson, man. I think he wins this Do entire thing. I think he wins this entire thing. Like this, is, <laughs> this, this is like MSK, you know, winning the whole Dusty Classic. You know, we didn't yeah. talk about that at all. Like MSK comes in, they debut on the Dusty Classic, they run the whole gauntlet, they win the tournament, they win the cup, and it's like boom, MSK is a big deal. We need Anthony Johnson to be the face of the Bellator light heavyweight uh, division. I think that that's, um, I think that's what's going to happen. You know, a lot of things have to go right. A lot can change between April and October. But if we get the same Anthony Johnson that we've been seeing in the UFC, I think he he winds up winning this thing. And I think that's what Bellator wants, because you would have the, the opportunity of marketing a guy who never lost to John Jones. He never fought John Jones. But, you know, you have this guy who, you know, who is who, who is very much still a big name in the UFC when he For left. Sure. And um, yeah, I, they have a big chance here, especially, you know, with Bellator moving to Showtime now. Showtime, you know, they did great things with Strike Force back when they had, you know, when Strike Force was around. And it's it's a very exciting time for Bellator. And I think the best thing that can happen for them would be to have Anthony Johnson representing their uh their brand as our light heavyweight champion. So um I'm gonna go with I'm gonna say Anthony Johnson was this whole damn thing, dude. I'm fired up. Uh of course April is when this whole shindig kicks off. Be sure to uh to, to hit up the bookies if you're into that because though there should be a lot of good action on these matchups bro um fired up for the grand prix fired up for rumble johnson let's be honest we keep it's been about rumble let's just finish the segment talking about him shout out rumble johnson man that's gonna be dope to see him back in the fight game um now let, let's talk about this pay-per-view bro that just we just saw ufc 258 this past saturday Main event, of course, welterweight title on the line. Kamaru Usman defends, defeats, puts down Gilbert Burns in the third round. TKO. Gilbert looked uh, looked confident early, looked good on the feet early, uh, but Kamaru gets the finish. Man, doesn't quite get to championship rounds. Uh, how did you feel when uh, when all was said and done this past Saturday night? Well, the first thing was seeing Gilbert Burns hurting Usman right yes. away. Yep. And then I had your voice in my head saying like, man, if it, you know, this is how, how it could go. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. And I've been doing good on my predictions up to that point. Um, like, I think the only fight I got wrong was uh Gasolum. I had Heinish over Gasolum, but that wound up being a pretty good fight. Um, yep. you know, I was like, damn, I, I, I was, I was feeling it. I thought that Burns looked great at the beginning of the fight. And then for some reason he like pulled guard on himself and just started bicycle kicking up in the air as Usman recovered. I don't know why. I don't know why that happened. I don't know what he was thinking, 
but he had Us- Usman hurt and then just didn't follow up on it. Like, changed his game plan completely. It, I have no idea. And then, of course, you know, throughout throughout the fight, once you know, once it got to the third round, he'd been jabbed in the face so many times, and he was, you know, he was losing. He was running out of gas, you know, and Usman's gas tank is never going to run out. So, like... Um, it was a, it was very well fought by Usman outside of the the very beginning when Burns was landing on him, but Usman was very very good with his jab, his wrestling, everything that he did was very uh, was very clean, and it was a very impressive, uh, another very impressive victory for Kamar Usman. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I thought those first couple minutes we might be seeing a new, uh, and then like it, pretty clear when we got into the second we're kind of seeing this change and then the the of course the third round finish for for the champ um i i saw your tweet i've been waiting to kind of really kind of dive into this i agree with you to lead off with but it sounds like there is maybe some talk of street jesus um getting a, a crack at kamara usman again it felt to me like maybe we're thinking money more than rightful contender. Uh, but, but yeah, what, what, um, outside of what you, you put in the, in the, the Twitter sphere, what were your thoughts when you started hearing Kamaru and, uh, and Masvidal talk? Yeah. I mean, on one hand, it's like, you know, Masvidal, when he fought him the first time, it was short notice, you know, it was, he, he had recently won the BMF belt over Nate Diaz and there was a lot of hype and all that stuff. And, on that on that sense, I'm like, okay, I get it because you give Masvidal a full camp, you really promote this thing, you know, you, you run it back because the first time it was short, it was short notice, different circumstances. Like, I get that, but my issue with it is, I think we see the same exact fight either way. Like, I don't see any way that Usman or that uh, that Masvidal beats Usman outside of him catching him like he did Askren like you'd have to it'd have to be just some crazy craziness one, yeah one in a million I'm not saying it's like a one in a million chance Masvidal could beat Usman like Masvidal's a very skilled fighter he beat the hell out of Nate Diaz in that BMF fight I mean I, I know the cut ended the fight and I'm the biggest Diaz brothers in the fan in the world but like even I'll admit Masvidal was piecing him up that whole fight so like Masvidal's I, I I'm never gonna like really question the skill of Masvidal but Usman, the way that Usman fights is just a, he's a he's just a terrible, terrible stylistic matchup for for Masvidal. And I think if they fought ten times, Masvidal might beat him once. And I, yeah. you know, like so I just don't think it's a good, you know. I think you know for Usman it makes sense because it's like you big know payday, big payday. And, and your point, he knows. I mean, if. We both agree, and we're just over here chilling. Like Kamara Usman knows he can beat him. He could just what you said. He can go in there ten times, and eight or nine of them, maybe all ten. I don't know. He can wrestle this man for fucking thirty minutes, no problem. Exactly, exactly that. Like he knows this is a low risk fight for him in comparison to some of the other potential uh, challengers. So. He'd make the most money to fight Masvidal. It'd be the easiest fight out of like who's available for Usman, and uh, yeah, I think it just goes pretty much the same exact way. I mean, um, Usman also, I think at this point he, I, I saw it on the night of the fight, but I think he has 13 straight UFC wins now, and the only person ahead, he's yeah. tied with he's tied with some people, but 
I think the only person ahead of him all time is Anderson Silva with 16. So Usman is like quietly putting together like this really, really good uh, resume. And I see people already like comparing him to GSP and stuff like that. And like, I get the comparison, but I think it's still a little far off before I'm considering him GSP level, but he's on his way to potentially doing that. Like if Usman did this for another five or six fights and was this impressive and this dominant, like I'd, I, that conversation can be had, you know, like, so I, I, you know, it's, but that, that's how I feel about it. It's just, it's just a matchup that I just don't really want to see because I feel like we've already seen it. And I don't think there's going to be any difference the second time. Well, there's rumor that the the UFC is trying to make Colby Covington and Leon Edwards happen with everything going on with Chmayov. Um, So that feels like a number one contender fight, right? But what I mean, what does Usman do for now? Is it better? You know, I don't think Masvidal is linked to anybody. So is it better for him to maybe fight him again, or is Wonderboy in the discussion? What does he wait for this? You know, hypothetical Covington Edwards, uh, what do you think is maybe the best route right now? So there, there's definitely a lot of different routes, like you're saying. Um, the upside for Stephen Thompson, like if you're Stephen Thompson, you have you got a shot here because Usman's already beaten everyone ahead of you. He's already right, beaten exactly. He's already you know he's already beaten Burns, Covington, Edwards, and Masvidal. So if you're Thompson, you have a pretty you have a pretty um, legitimate claim to getting a fight with Usman because I got to pull up uh, Wonder Boy's record, but I know I know for sure he won his last fight and it was really impressive. And he's definitely won more. I think his last like real big loss was probably Anthony Pettis. Um, let me just pull this up real quick just so I make sure I get this straight. Um, yeah, he lost Anthony Pettis in Nashville. We were at that. That was nasty. And then he beat Vicente Luque in what was a really damn good fight at UFC 244. That was on the same BMF show. And that fight was awesome. And then he beat Jeff Neal, who's, you know, if Jeff Neal would have won that fight, he would probably be getting the next title shot. That's That was like the next guy that everyone was thinking was, was going to be the next contender, you know, if he got past Wonderboy. So I think Wonderboy has a real, I, personally speaking, I'd like to see Usman versus Wonderboy more than uh, Wonderboy, ver- sorry, more than Usman versus Masvidal again. And also, ha- yeah, yeah. And then I'd also have to keep in mind, like, Thompson has a win over Masvidal. And, like, no one ever talks about it. It was it was a while ago, but, like, you know, there's that. And the one, I think the one thing Usman doesn't want to do, and it isn't because he's scared of him or anything like that, but I think the one thing he does not want to do is fight Colby Covington a second time. Because... That's the one guy I think in this division who presents like a really, really legitimate problem for Usman. You know, we saw it in their first fight. It was a damn close fight. And then the fifth right. round, Us- Usman just had more than, than Covington did. But nobody's taken Usman to the, to the limit like that. Nobody has cardio to even match Usman the way that Covington was able to. Right. Like, you know, like, I, I mean, so I think that if you're Usman, you're kind of doing... Once again, I don't think he's scared of him or anything like that. But like, I think you're kind of doing everything you can to not have to fight Covington again because you you know you already own the mental advantage over like Leon Edwards, even though they fought to a decision. And I think Edwards, like, here's the other thing: I'd be fine with Edwards fighting Usman right now. Like, if it was Edwards Usman next, I'd have no problem. You wouldn't even have to fight Chimaev. You wouldn't have to fight Covington. Edwards has done enough already, in my opinion, to get a title shot. So, like, I'd be fine with that option. 
Um, so they're but but they're trying to get Edwards to fight next month. So that's also like kind of there's a lot of moving parts. But you know, it, it, of of the actual to kind of answer your question of the actual available options, I think that Wonder Boy because he's ready to fight right now. I think you could do Wonder Boy and, and Usman. I'd be really interested in that. Um, but if Usman's willing to wait a minute and see the outcome of Edwards' next fight, um, if it's Edwards Usman, like if it oh, here's another thing: if Edwards and Usman, sorry, if Edwards and Covington do fight each other, the winner of that has to fight for the title next. Exactly. So, you know, so we'll just see how it plays out. A lot of options, but there are a lot of good options. It's just unfortunate that the Masvidal one is the option that I'm probably the least excited about. And then also just a quick shout out to Michael Chiesa because he's going to be in this conversation in his next fight. Like he's he's right there on the brink of of being in this mix too. Yeah, Chiesa very much right there on the fringe. Uh, but but the big story out of uh, out of this, I was surprised. I mean, I, it's kind of that point where I understand the business enough now, the side of it to say at least of wrestling and wrestling and MMA can't be that far off. I, let me tell you, uh, the personalities and just the the insanity of it all. Um, it, I understand the business of calling out, you know, Masvidal in there again. You do have kind of a story there. If it is a short-term camp for for Masvidal and all that, I get it. But I felt like that's, you know, you, Covington pushed you, so maybe you say, you know, if Kobe, you know, you, you go out and you beat Leon or whatever, you you win that fight, I'll fight you again. That's more of the story. But I think it is. It's money. It's eyes. It's a chance of losing that fight for, for Usman's much slimmer. So I think um, we, we, we did a good job of really kind of kind of nailing that, man. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I know he, Kamaru got the performance of the night bonus here, so he retains, gets to 50K, um, and he may very well have kind of, you know, done enough to – because there's going to be eyes for him. We, we may not be – you know, this may be one time where more of the hardcore fans may not be the audience, per se, of – a lot of casuals are gonna are gonna I think watch or would watch uh, Masvidal, especially when you get him talking like I've got a full camp this time. I'm gonna do this, this, and that. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty easy. Yeah, well, you know what they should do, and this is like this is a outside the box option, but Grand Prix. No, I'm just fucking. What <laughs> what they could do, like if they feel like they don't want to give the shot to Wonder Boy, if they don't want to run back, you know, these other fights we've talked about. I mean. If you're if you're adamant about keeping this guy in the conversation, if you're the UFC, like you offer Habib Usman for the welterweight oh, title, because that's like then because the, if you do that, then it's like be because preferably I want to see Habib fight Charles Oliveira. I've talked about that a trillion times. Like that's the number one fight I want to see for Habib is, is Charles Oliveira. But maybe. Like if they're if they're trying to like if Habib is still considering fighting, which I don't think he is, but they still have not stripped the title from him. Dana White met with him again this past weekend. Like if he's like, why not offer him Usman? It's the same kind of thing where like GSP had the chance to go up and win the the double titles, you know, the uh, the welterweight title in his in his retirement fight when he fought Bisbang, and like this would be a title versus title. This would be a big fight. Usman's undefeated in the UFC. Habib's undefeated for his whole career. Like it's a legitimate challenge for Habib. And Habib would would fight well at 170. It's not like I don't think Usman would be that much bigger than Habib. Um even though they fight in different weight classes now, I think Habib could fill out pretty well. So like 
you know, I think that's a pretty cool option too. Like if you're if you're adamant about like figuring out a way to keep Habib around, like Habib's not fighting Connor, like unless Connor beats Dustin in a trilogy, like that's not happening. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like Con- it doesn't seem like Habib's interested in running it back with Poirier or any or and, and he hasn't been really talking about Oliveira much. So like, why not Usman? Yeah, no, I I hadn't thought of that, but you've really got the gears working. That's a fight that would very much interest me. I think it would, you know, it's going to introduce uh, Usman anytime, you know, you, you could be a one. Um, that's a big deal. I, I think that's a hell of an idea. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Now, once again, I'm I'm content with Habib retiring. Like, I have no, like, I just wish that they make a decision here about this stuff. So, especially because they're talking about Poirier and Connor running it back, which I'm totally fine with. And I'd, I'd be okay with the title being on the line there. But realistically speaking, it should be Oliveira versus Gaethje for the title. Like, right, if they're going to, sure. if they're, if they're going to do Poirier and Connor, it should be Oliveira and Gaethje for the belt. So, you know, but all that to say, they got to figure that out. But the, the key to starting to figure this stuff out is, is stripping Habib of the belt. Mm-hmm. Or or Habib needs to get real about this and like I shouldn't say get real. I, I think he is I think he's retired and I don't think he's coming back. But like if there is that seed of of doubt in his mind, he needs to say something about that like publicly or something. You know, like let us know, like, you know what, I am thinking about coming back. Like otherwise it just looks like the UFC just won't fucking give up and it's pathetic. It, you no, know? that's where I'm almost at with it. Like Dana, let it go. Exactly. And if that's the case, that's the case, you know, and that's what my opinion of the situation is as of right now is like UFC is fucking pathetic right now that they can't just let Habib go on with his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, maybe there is a side of Habib who is telling the UFC like, you know, I don't know yet. You know, I for all I know, he's probably know he's he doesn't want to go with the belt either. I, I really don't know. So. Who knows, man? Like you're saying, there could be so many. Maybe the they maybe he's told them in the UFC or just doesn't want to give up on that. I mean, there there's a couple of different yeah. ways. Um, I do think that that is a hell of a fight idea. Uh, and if Habib is done, that's dope. If he wants to come back and fight another, you know, one or two times, I think it's all dope, man. Um, a yeah. big big proponent of whatever they got. That he's earned the right to do whatever the fuck he wants. Um, man, yeah, like I keep thinking about that now. I hadn't thought of Usman and him, and I really want that. So. Uh, please, universe, if if Habib is going to come back and can't we can't get Charles Oliveira, let 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 this happen. Um, our co-main event in the women's flyweight division, Alexa Grasso with a unanimous decision win over Macy Barber, twenty nine twenty eight across the board. Uh, we we kind of talked a lot about you know the, the weakness of this card and there was a lot of jokes made and, and, and all that, but uh, I felt like the crowd and, and the kind of Twitter audience really ended up enjoying a couple of these fights. This kind of being one of them. Yeah. The fights wound up being good. Like it's just the on paper for $75 was what we kept talking mm-hmm. about. It's like, you know, for the, if this, if this card was like 30 bucks, like I would have been thrilled. The, yeah. You know? yep. Um. But anyways, yeah, Grosso and Barber. I said it last week. I was like, they're really trying to build up Macy Barber. Yep. And I think this is going to be kind of uh, spoiling their party. And I think Grosso's the better fighter. And she, in my opinion, she decisively won the fight. She won the first and second round for sure. Um, and I believe Macy Barber won the third round. And I think that's where the judges all got their scores as well. Um, the one thing about 
this, and I don't want to go on a whole thing about this, but you know, I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. I have been for my, like pretty much my entire adult You're, life. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Our whole lives. Yeah. And it's getting kind of annoying now with some, with his commentary with some of these fighters. Cause yeah. Like there's a, there was a clear bias in this fight towards Macy Barber and it was just one of those things. It was just kind of, it just got kind of annoying to listen to after a while. And he's been doing it all, well, like that a lot to be fair with, with some various fighters. It just seems like either the UFC is telling him to, to, into it, yeah. To, yeah, to, to promote certain people more, or if he just isn't paying as much attention like he used to, cause he's not as involved as he used to be. I'm not sure exactly what's different now about it, but um, that, that happened a lot in this fight. Like, the third round happens. Grosso's won the first two rounds. All she needs to do basically is not get finished in the third. She's going to win. And Macy Barber is out there like swinging for the fences, which she should be. Like that's exactly right. what Macy Barber needed to do, like to try to win. But the commentary is like piping up how like how great Barber's looking and how aggressive she is and how like she's got to like she might have won this fight and all this stuff. And it's like you see the replay. And she's swinging for the fences, but she's missing everything she's throwing. Like, I mean, it looks it, it looks vicious how she's throwing the strikes, but when like you watch it, it's like she lands one and then misses like four in a row. And Grosso's just weaving out of the way and then like landing. And that was part of it too, is like Grosso was landing on the on the uh counters. And all they're talking about is how how aggressive Barber is and how Barber's the future of women's fighting and all this stuff. And I'm like She's getting outstruck this whole fight, like by Alexa Grosso. And they're just talking about Macy Barber the whole time. So that was that was a bit annoying. Um and that's not yeah, Macy Barber. You. And that's not Macy Barber's fault, by the way. No. You know? Um so that's how I felt about it. Grosso was the better fighter. She won the fight. Macy Barber's lost her last two in a row now. Um her her previous fight, she lost to Roxanne Mount of Ferry. And I think she has a lot of potential. I think she's only like twenty two years old still. So she has a bright future ahead, but Alexa Grosso is a better fighter. And I wish they would have given her a little bit more respect during this. Yeah. Now two fight win streak for, uh, for Alexa Grosso with, um, her last coming last August, that was her flyweight debut. So back to back wins in the flyweight division. Um, I know she's still, I believe, uh, you know, not, not top 10, but, uh, but yeah, like you said, big win for Grosso, a uh, great spot to be in. Um, co-main event of a of a show capped off by a really really impressive title fight. So, uh, shout out her and uh, yeah, man. I just you think you, know, you summed it up well. I, I found myself for the first time in a long time kind of turning down the commentary for a little while. Well, and also it's like coming into this fight, they had, um, I think, and this was so strange, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. Macy Barber was the betting underdog, but she was ranked number 10 coming into the fight. And Grosso was ranked number 15. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, how is it like, and, but that, I mean, that's how I felt about it. I picked yeah. Alexa Grosso, but I'm like, why is Macy Barber ranked a- ahead of her? But more people think that Grosso is going to win. Win. And all this hype is about her. Like, that's just the only, I, that it just rubbed me the wrong way, but but all this to say, like, it doesn't make me less of a fan of Macy Barber. Like, if if she comes back and she wins her next fight impressively and she goes on a little streak, like, we could be talking about her in title contention within the next couple of years because she's she's still very young. 
So mm-hmm. there's, you know, not, no disrespect to Macy Barber, no. but it's just like, I mean, so now Alexa Grosso, I think should she should take her ranking, you know, and mm-hmm. on top of on top of that, like, um, you know, Roxanne Montefiore is ranked number nine, and she's been losing lately. I mean, we could be talking about Alexa Grosso ranked maybe number, you know, as high as maybe number nine uh, when we're talking next week. So you know, good for her. Yeah, big win. Um, we're gonna say her name again because she wasn't talked about enough. Alexa Grosso <laughs> with the dub. Um, moving on to the middleweight division. This was a fight we kind of got talking about last week. Uh, when I was I was pretty excited about just kind of more of the matchup, but Kelvin Gastelum gets the unanimous decision win over Ian Heinish. 30-27 on one card, 29-28 on the other. Gastelum uh, in the win column once again, bro. Yeah, and he needed that win because what time. was it? With three losses in a row, I think, coming I'm looking into that. At, yeah, I was going to say three or four, but yeah, he is now with this win. He is three and three in his last six in the UFC. Yeah, but those losses were like Hermanson, Till, and Adesanya. Till so and like, yes, is yep. <laughs> so. Um, and th- th- this was great for Gaslam. Like I picked Heinish in my predictions. I thought it was a close fight. I think Gaslam earned the decision. I thought he won two rounds to one. And um, and Heinish is a guy who's dangerous. Like he's he didn't really. It would have been a really big win for him to beat Calvin Gaslam, but. You know, Gaslam proved he's still he's still a guy that really matters in the middleweight division. And, you know, Rogan was talking about this quite a bit, too. And this is where I still, you know, he makes a lot of good points still as well. But like he was talking about, like, you know, man, if only Kelvin Gaslam could really get that weight cut, like figured out for welterweight. Like how impressed like if because that was always the thing for him was he was always a like a great welterweight. And he had all this potential at welterweight, but he had a lot of issues making the weight. And if he could have ever figured out a way to do that, like with his skill set and his his power and his wrestling base and all that stuff, he'd be really dangerous in the welterweight division right now. So like it's uh, because he's kind of in no man's land in middleweight right now. All the guys we just mentioned are all going to be ranked ahead of him. It's going to be hard for him to get rematches against those guys. Um, and I don't think he, he matches up well against those guys either. So like, mm-hmm. you know. But either way, this 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 potentially saved Kelvin Gastelum's job in the UFC. So I mean, that, a huge win for him and impressive. I mean, he got the job done. Yeah, no, that that's what I was going to say. The biggest story, uh, the win he needed, definitely going to keep away from uh, those cuts, those dreaded UFC cuts. We we keep hearing rumors about another wave kind of coming through. Um, yeah, no, I, that that's that's anytime you can you can have a performance like that uh, and and keep your job. And, and like you said. Kevin Gaslam's a name that uh, you know it means something. He's he's put on some damn good performances. Those are those are three losses in a row that suck, but that's th- those are three tippy tippy top guys. So uh, hopefully Kelvin can kind of keep this momentum going. Um, the featherweight division, our second fight on the main card. This was one actually a buddy hit me up and was like, "Yo, I, this is in my parlay. Like, who do you you know? I got to pick one. I don't know either guy. Who are you leaning with?" And I'm proud to tell him I actually ended up. I told him Ricky, uh, and and he won his parlay. So shout out, shout out my dude, uh, Ricky Simone wins uh, unanimous decision over Brian Kelleher, 30-27 across, across all three judges. Um, it's two wins in a row for Ricky. What in like two three weeks? Yeah, I mean he's staying active. Uh, this was another one where. You know, I, I think coming into it, you know, this was one that I thought was going to be one of the best fights like of the night as far as on paper. This was originally going to be the prelim um, main event for the for the fight pass portion of the prelims. 
but because so many fights fell off before this card actually wound up going down, like, but between the time we talked last week and the time we're talking this week, they had lost, um, like the Jillian Robertson fight didn't happen. The Bobby Green versus Jim Miller fight. Like there was a lot of stuff that got mixed around right there at the end. Um, so it was good to see those guys on pay-per-view because I, I thought they deserved to be on the pay-per-view to begin with. Uh, Simone and Kelleher. I think they're both very yes. exciting. Yeah. You know, they're both fan favorite type fighters. They, they fight super hard. Um, always entertaining. And, uh, and Simone was just the better fighter. It was just, it was kind of like the prediction I made last week about him. Like he just, I think he just has a, a more, a little more power than Kelleher does. I think he's a really hard guy to take down, but he also has good, you know, takedowns of his own when he needs to use them. And he's just a really, really tough guy. Um, both of them are, I can say the same about both guys, but I think Simone is just, he's just a little bit better right now. And uh, it was, it was a good uh, victory for him over Kelleher. Yeah, no, this I was very excited about this fight. Very impressed by the performance. I had to double check. Ricky last won uh, January 20th, so a little less than a month between wins here for Ricky Simone. And uh, in the first fight on the main card, Julian Marquez with a slick anaconda choke. Third round submission win over Maki Patolo. Uh, and I believe... Uh, noted favorite re- one of the favorite wrestlers in the Jensen family, Dominic Garini, uh, loved the nickname of Julian Marquez, the Cuban Missile Crisis with the dub. Yeah, and that was the dude who also uh, called out Miley Cyrus after he yeah, won yep. to be his Valentine, and she actually responded on Twitter, which is hilarious. What a weekend. So, yeah, man. Um, and that fight was all over the place. Really good stuff. Um, and it's always nice to see an anaconda choke. I, I love, I love submissions. Uh, I love various, you know, if anyone can get any submission hold, it's always impressive to me. But when you see the ones that are even like an anaconda choke, isn't like super rare, but like you, you know, it's rare enough that I, I always like to see it. Like, it's just, you know, it's one of my favorite submission holds, I guess is kind of what I'm trying to say. So it's always good to see that. And, and Marquez is doing a great job marketing himself and capitalizing on the win. And, and, you know, I'm sure social media has blown up since this and, you know, good for him. No. Yeah. Solid weekend. Um, I don't know if anyone had a better weekend when you put all those together. Um, he also adds $50,000 with the performance of the night bonus. So Cuban missile crisis. And literally this was one that when the fight started, Marquez did not have a Wikipedia page uh by the second or third fight of the card after him he did so uh just dubs <laughs> all around for, yes. for julian marquez bro um we're gonna hit a couple of these prelim card fights and then of course do a, a little preview for this weekend um the really the only fight i really wanted to have you hit man and then of course anything else you want to add was this this main event of the prelims you know fluffy anthony hernandez gets the uh guillotine choke over rodolfo vieira uh, this had Eddie Kingston tweeting about it, bro, which is, you know, that's, that's right up my alley. Um, this was dope, bro. I, this was kind of one of the, that feeling going in, right? You, it's, it's, you put a card together and this was a great fight to end with leading into the main card. Yeah. Well, and what's so impressive about this is Hernandez submitted a dude who was a yes. four time Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion and a seven time world cup champion in jiu-jitsu. Oh so God. like. So, like, the fact that this guy got submitted by anybody is, like, insane. And, yeah, Anthony Hernandez was the one who did it. So that's... And his nick. Sorry, his nickname is the Black Belt Hunter? What is this? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> Hernandez with the, and yeah, we, they talked about it on commentary. We were saying it kind of in the chat and the, uh, and the text and whatnot, but uh, you know, Hernandez landed shots. Uh, Rodolfo looked tired uh, and you could feel it that, you know, Anthony Hernandez wanted to win this by submission. You feel like he might've could have finished him on the feet here and there, but he's locked in and again, the guillotine in the second round. Yeah. I mean, great win for Hernandez and I it's just it's just super impressive because like if you look at um Vieira's record his MMA record he is now seven and one but up until this fight he had won all of his fights by submission except for one by TKO so wow. like yeah like that's uh that's just and that's just really that's really fucking cool for Anthony Hernandez to be able to be somebody who uh, was able to submit somebody with those kind of accolades really really cool no, yeah, and that's it's a, he only fought once. Uh, Hernandez only fought once last year, losing to Kevin Holland um, back in May. So uh, good to get back in the winning column for him, and, and uh, yeah, super impressive performance. Uh, are there any other fights you wanted to point out on this prelim card before we dive into the fight night? Oh, only thing I'll point out is you know, big good win for Bilal Muhammad over Diego yes. Lima. Yeah, um, you know he clearly won the fight. I agree with the judges, thirty twenty seven across the board. Uh, so like him in the welterweight division, he was ranked number 13 coming into the fight. Um, so like he's he's going to have a big fight coming up next in the welterweight division. He'll probably fight somebody probably in the top 10 or right outside of the top 10. Um, so, you know, that, that that's really that's really good for um, Bilal Muhammad. And he's a guy who's been fighting at a high level for a long time. And it, he deserves at this point, he deserves a top 10 guy, I think like give, give him somebody that's really, you know, maybe even like a, like maybe even like a Neil Magny, that'd be a good fight. Neil, Neil Magny, Michael Chiesa is a big, is not necessarily, it's a, huge, yeah. it's, 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 it's a big step. I mean, like Chiesa, I think is more in like the, the title mix at the moment, but like, I wouldn't be mad at Muhammad versus Chiesa. I think that'd be a banger of a fight. Um, but the good thing is, William Muhammad is is owed, in my opinion, he is owed a, a legit top ten fight to get him into the mix next. So, good win there. Yeah, very solid win. I was happy to see him get the dub there. Uh, UFC 258 in the books. Moving on to this weekend, Saturday, February 20th, UFC Fight Night 185, UFC on ESPN Plus 43. Comma UFC Vegas 19 headlined by Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis, big boys throwing big shots. Uh, I I mean, do I, I'm expecting Curtis Blades to win with wrestling? Am I crazy, Stephen Jensen? What are you thinking? No, I don't think you're crazy. I got Curtis Blades as well. It's it's a really interesting fight though because both guys are like they're very similar in a lot of ways. Like they both have knockout power they're both good wrestler i mean like Derek lewis doesn't really wrestle much but like i think he has a good takedown defense and he's and he's a big dude i mean he's a big strong guy um but i think blades wrestling is better and i, I shouldn't say i think like i think it's pretty clear that his wrestling should be better than right than Derek lewis so and i don't think that's a secret I th but part of why i say this is because you know i think Derek lewis is probably training a lot for that so if Lewis comes in prepared and can stop Blades' takedowns, then I think Derek Lewis has a really damn good shot of winning because I think Lewis, 
I think Lewis is more dangerous on the feet than uh than Blades is. So that'll be instead. I just think Blades is just a little more well rounded, and uh and I think he is going to be able to take down Curtis Blade. Sorry, um, take down Derek Lewis. So for those reasons, similar to Umos, I'm going to take Curtis Blades in the main event over Derek Lewis. Yep. Uh, I mean, we all know Derek Lewis just needs one shot, but Curtis Blades, you know, a quick glance at, uh, at his last few fights tells you this guy knows what he does well. He likes to likes to get you down. He likes to make you carry that weight. He likes to hit you with those elbows and punches and pound you out. And I think uh, I think it very, you know, very well could happen. And the only person living that has beat Curtis Blades, actually, I should say no, any person living or dead. That has beat Curtis Blades is named Francis Ngannou, and he's going to crack at the title in the next couple of months. So that, uh, if that's not a ringing endorsement of just how good you are in this game, I don't know what is. So yeah, in agreement, Blades over Lewis. It's going to be a, a, a big paper or a big excuse me, big main event. This is of course not pay per view on ESPN Plus. Uh, Blades Lewis feels like a big main event. Uh, I know a couple of my buddies are are going to watch just for that one. Um, we we look down the card and you see. You know, there's a lot of kind of matchups. You've got Andre Avlosky on this card. You've got Alexi Olenek on this card. Charles Rosa in the prelims. Jakar Klosa, Eddie Wineland. Um, I mean, there's some names that pop out, but there are a lot of names that I just a lot of a lot of MMA fans may not recognize, us included. Yeah, I mean, it's really bizarre to look at. Like, if you were to go on Wikipedia when you listen to this podcast, if you listen like today. Um, which is Monday, the 15th of February. As of right now, like the majority, I'd say about half of this overall show does not have a Wikipedia page, which is like really wild. Like, you know, which I know that doesn't sound like crazy to a lot of people, but me and Mo sit here every week and like look at this stuff. And, you know, usually here or there, there's like a non Wikipedia page. Then we got a deep dive, find out who they are, like where they came from, who they fought recently, all that stuff. But to look at this and it's like half of the show doesn't have one. That's kind of wild. Um, I mean, the co-main event's great, though. They, I mean, they both have yes. Wikipedia pages. Women's but... Battle fight. That's a scrap. Yeah, like I'm so I'm really looking forward to that because, you know, both of them, they got to be like right there at the top 10. Uh, yeah, Vieira is ranked number six and Kuniskaya is ranked number seven right now. So this is a fight that makes all the sense in the world in the women's bantamweight division. And it's really hard to pick a winner. Um, like I'm going to I'm going to go. I'm going to go Yana Kuniskaya mainly because of the competition she's been in there with even though she's lost to some of those, like she's been in there with Cyborg. She's been in there with Aspen Ladd. She's beaten Mario, Mario Renault. She beat Lana Landsberg. Um, you know, Kuniskaya and Vieira are both coming off of wins. You know, Vieira's win over Sujar Eubanks is pretty impressive. Eubanks is a good fight. Uh, Vieira's beat Katz and Gano and Sarah McMahon as well. I completely forgot that she fought them. Jeez. Yeah, I did too. I remember, was, I vaguely remember the Katz and Gano, but just vaguely. Uh, I might have to actually switch my pick here. I've completely forgot about that. Yeah, I'm leaning. I'm what you're saying. Yeah. I remember like who did Vieira fight, and then it was I was like, oh shit, it was Cat. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna switch my pick there. I am gonna go Caitlin Vieira. I've, I'm now remembering about this stuff. The Zagano fight was very close, but yeah, she she tapped out Sarah McMahon. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I'm gonna go Caitlin Vieira. Um, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I mean. Who knows how, you know, Caitlin Vieira fares against, you know, Aspen Ladd and Chris Cyborg, like how Kuniskaya had to fight them and all that. Like, 
So it's kind of hard to compare, I guess. But um, but yeah, I'm going to go with uh, with Vieira then. Yeah, same boat. Uh, that is definitely one to be circled. Uh, co-main event um, this Saturday night. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I know, I mean, th- there's no rules to this one since we're all over the place, but I definitely wanted to, your thoughts. What do you think about uh, Drakkar Closa and motherfucking Violent Bob Ross back in there scrapping? I like that fight. I'm like... I'm kind of surprised that's not on the main card. Same. Because, you know, even though, you know, Bob Ross is coming off the loss, but that rhymed. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, so it was close, that Daryush fight where he got knocked out. But, um, I mean, I think it's going to be a really exciting fight. I like that matchup a lot. You know, but then again, when you look at the main card, there's nothing I would really necessarily take off yeah, of the main yep. card. I don't know much about the Alves versus Sabatini fight, but everything else, like, you know, Andre Arlovsky, I never pick against. It could be Andre Arlovsky versus Francis Ngannou, like, this weekend, and I'd probably pick Andre Arlovsky. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm such a fanboy that, like, I was always an Arlovsky fan, and then when he left the UFC and it looked like his career was over and, like, that he looked like he had a glass jaw and, like, it just looked like it was over and the way he wound up coming back to the UFC and like went on that run, like I'll always be a fan of him because of that. Like, and he's still doing it to this day, which at a pretty damn high level, which I just think is so admirable. So like, I love that Andre Arlovsky's on this card. I'm going to definitely pick him. I love Alexio Lennox on this card. I'm going to definitely pick him as well. Um, he's the most, he's the most randomly dangerous fighter in the heavyweight division. Like, yes. It's almost like Charles, it's kind of like Charles Oliveira. Like I think Oliveira is like it's di- it's different because Oliveira is now entering his prime and he's already has the resume he has and what he's doing to people. But Ol- I would compare him to Olenek only because like Olenek's always going to have a chance to win because of his submission game. Like he could be down and out, but like if he grabs you in that Ezekiel choke and you don't know what to do, it's game over. So. Uh, and, and the guy, how many fights does Olenek have? Like, he's got to be damn, actually, damn near 100. I was going to say, you know me well. I was, I was, uh, I didn't want to cut you off, but this will be Alexi Olenek's 75th MMA fight. 75 fights. I mean, that alone right there is worth just the ultimate respect. And the people he's been in the, in the cage with is like, he's fought, he's fighting like the best heavyweights of the world still too, which is like, it's awesome. So I'm going to definitely take Olenek. And then I've got Charles Rosa as well. You know, Rosa had a lot of, a lot of potential and he's still probably yeah, 34. I thought he was a little bit younger, but uh, he's been in the UFC now for quite a while since 2014. And there were some really good guys. Uh, split decision loss to uh, Yair Rodriguez and, you know, Yair Rodriguez is a freaking monster. It's, it's too bad. We don't get to see more, you know him more often in there, but I'm going to say because of Rose's competition level, I'm going to take him as well. So that's kind of like my predictions in a nutshell. But that, you know, I, there's just not a whole lot to talk about with the no, opponents because, yeah. you know, most of them are either like it's their first UFC fight or they're like they're brand new into it or you know, it's just not, not a whole lot to really sink my teeth into on the opponent side this week. Well, it's exciting for a couple of reasons on the other side, though, of, uh, you know, maybe we, we find some new fighters we love, maybe we find some new fighters we hate. I don't know. But, uh, also, before we get out of here, I did want to note that this is actually Andre Arlovsky's 52nd MMA fight. So two absolute stallions that are, are still out there, like you're saying, 75 fights, 52 fights. Um, super impressive stuff. Definitely check it out this Saturday, ESPN+. Plus. Who knows? You may find someone you never knew about and you'll want to watch them fight forever. Who knows? But 
Uh, it kicks off ESPN Plus Saturday, man. Uh, we did it, bro. We'll have uh, next week, we'll have, of course, this fight night to talk about, some surprises we know we're guaranteed. And then uh, we'll be looking forward to two Saturdays from now, fight night uh, that will be headlined by Rosenstrike and Surreal Gone. Uh, big time, big boy fight there, bro. But um, at least for this week, man, we're, we're in the can. Uh, if you feel so inclined, please head over to Twitter. Follow me at Mo's KOBK. Um, and I'll be, I'll be back here chilling with Steven Jensen next week. Yes. Thank you again, Mo's. And yeah, y'all can check me out on Twitter. Fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Uh, if you're hearing this on a Monday, uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday, I'll be on the fightful gaming Twitch channel doing a live watch along of impact wrestling. So come hang out over there. It's a lot of fun. And anything else I got going on this week, I'll just keep updated on my Twitter. And as always, check out the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. I do that over there for Fightful talking a whole bunch of pro wrestling. And I really sink my teeth into the indies, uh, specifically the indies and, you know, impact wrestling and a lot of that stuff going on right now. So, um, so yeah, check that out over there at FightfulSelect.com and, and all that good stuff. And support independent wrestling, support action wrestling and New South Wrestling and TWE and... Southern Underground Pro and all the stuff that Moses is involved with over there. Um, jump. So yeah, I think that that's that's about it. That's a good that's a good stopping point, I guess. Um, oh, yeah. any, anything else from you, Moses, before we uh, sign off? Nope. Uh, all those action shows we keep talking about, they're fire and they're on IWTV. So anyone that has has dove over in the wrestling world, definitely check those out. Um, it, it was it was really good stuff. Yeah, thank you, thank uh, thank you for all the plugs, Stephen. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Uh, hopefully, we see uh, a new shirt come out soon that we've been talking yeah. about a little bit. That'd In be the cool. Works. Yep. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. So, um, a dark a dark match conversation between me and Moe's may have become a merchandise, um, a piece of merchandise. <laughs> so, um, the conversations we have before we hit that record button are, um, you know, making some deals out there based off of the the conversation we have prior to hitting this record button. So. Anyways, until next Monday, I've been Steven Jensen. For jumping, Johnny Mosley, a.k.a. Mose. We'll see y'all next Monday right here talking some more mixed martial arts.